Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Ellsworth's specialty is family medicine. He works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Ellsworth. Good morning, Laura. Thank you for being here. Always happy to be with you, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we have some, We our topic this week for Prairie Doc is the ear, nose, and throat. So we're gonna dive into that. So if you have questions, um, out there about the ear, nose, and throat, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Or other questions are always welcomed as well, of course. Um, but that's kind of our topic today. But before we dive into that, we just wanted to touch on um, COVID-19, what we're seeing now about that, and vaccines and how that's going. Yeah, well, you know, the great news is news is that the, the COVID is, is declining in our area, in our state, and, and uh, overall the state has the lowest reproduction rate of the virus now, uh, where fewer cases are leading to fewer cases. Uh, so the lowest that rate has been since March, almost since a year ago, since okay. it started. So, okay. you know, I don't think our total numbers are the lowest it's been yet, but you know, it's certainly on its way down. And let's uh, see, in, I think in the Brookings community, we have about 100 something cases now as opposed to 400 and, and everything. So it's, it's, we're getting, seeing some good progress okay. there. You know, we're not out of the woods yet. And of course, in the news, you hear about some of these variants mm -hmm. that have come up. Um, you know, it's just when you've got millions of people around the world with the virus, that gives the virus more opportunities to change in some way, to mutate. And uh, thus, we have some of these variants, and some of them don't look like they'll be much of a change or difference. And some, perhaps, you know, what the, the UK one, the one from England um, that they know about, uh, it looks like it could be a little more contagious, but not necessarily worse for symptoms. And, 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 and it looks like the vaccine works uh, uh, almost just as well on that one. So okay. that's good. Uh, you know, you hear different things in the news about some of these variants, but that's because there are different variants and because they're brand new. So sure. when something's brand new, we don't have the studies to say for sure how well the vaccine works with it because it's new. Mm -hmm. You know, we can speculate uh, yeah. and then we can start doing some studies, but those first studies are going to have lower numbers of people involved. So some of those studies can still vary with their numbers. So we just got to use the best information we have. Uh, the variant from, from uh, South Africa um, is, uh, it looks like it, it maybe the vaccine doesn't work quite as well with that one, but still pretty good. So it looks like it's still over 50% effective at keeping you from getting sick. Okay. Um, and up still up in the 90s, 90% effective or so from keep get, getting you really sick. 
So at least then the vaccine could keep it down to where it's just like the common cold or something, which I think we can live with that. So, um, you know, even though some of these variants or something, perhaps you could still get COVID uh, after having the vaccine, at least it can keep you from being very severe or needing to be in the hospital. And that's why we still want people to wear masks and um, be careful as best they can after having the vaccine because we don't know for sure if you still couldn't give it or spread it to others. We just more know how it can help keep you from getting really sick with it. But the studies aren't there to say for sure that you couldn't get it or pass it on to someone else, even though you might not notice you have it. So, but, uh, you know, thankfully the more and more people that get vaccinated and the, the more, you know, if we continue to be diligent here, our numbers go down, obviously the odds of getting it are lower and lower then. That's what we want. Right. But, you know, when they're doing studies on antibodies to see who's all had it in our area in general, it's in that uh, about 20% range. So it's not like everyone's had it, right. you know, uh, we still need to want to want to be diligent there okay as far as in the vaccines in our community where we've been doing our 80 year olds and we're getting close to getting most everyone done that's 80 plus there's some that still might be getting a phone call we okay. just run the list from the clinic and we know from the medical record system who that is and and but there's some people that maybe didn't answer their phone or we left them a message so yeah. Feel free to call us back, you know, if you're 80 plus and you want to get your vaccine mm -hmm. um, and we can get you scheduled soon, maybe as early next week, the state's going to move down to the 75 plus category okay. and then the 70 and 65 and, and two or more chronic medical conditions. And uh, so they'll keep moving down the list. Now, each one of those categories has, you know, thousands, thousands of people in them. <laughs> right. And as a community, we get... You know, as an average, about 300 a week. And mm -hmm. uh, now that might go up. And, you know, there sounds like they're going to try to keep ramping up for production. But it's going to take time. In the news, you may have heard that they're going to start giving vaccines maybe to some retail pharmacies mm -hmm. as well nationwide. Okay. I think there's like a million doses next week nationwide for pharmacies. Okay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That trickles down some, you mm -hmm. know, so I don't know how many could uh, those could end up in the brookings community or in south dakota mm -hmm. but uh just 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 know that they still have to follow the rules where it's these categories by state you know so if south dakota is doing 75 plus you still need to be 75 years or older to qualify to get it at a pharmacy too so okay. but we're getting closer yes that's we're great well thank you for that update we're going to go to our first break we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% from 1989 to 2016 among women? The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider.
Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, Dr. Ellsworth was giving us an update on um, the COVID-19 vaccines and distribution and a little bit about the variants. We did have a question come in, Dr. Ellsworth, asking, has there been anyone that received a shot that has passed away after receiving it? You know, I don't, uh, I haven't read any particular article uh, uh, saying that, but uh, I would imagine that, that it has happened, you know, when we're talking about millions of people getting this vaccine there's going to be someone somewhere that passes away afterwards from whatever reason mm -hmm. and uh could someone pass away still from covid after getting the vaccine i would imagine that's possible because you know the the vaccine we say after that second dose two weeks after that second dose hopefully by then you're about 90 95 percent covered but you know if you're body didn't build the right immune response or something to that with using the vaccine, perhaps you can still get COVID and perhaps you can still pass away. But thankfully, it really decreases your, your risk. But, uh, you know, if someone died because they got the vaccine, boy, that would be, I, I, I sure hope not. And, uh, and I, I, it would, I don't know of any case like that. That's the whole point. We're trying to save lives with it. But uh, when you've got millions of people, there's going to be some people that still get COVID afterwards, and there's going to be still some people that can die from whatever reason right afterwards. And sometimes people die suddenly for various reasons, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, there's going to be cases you hear of, and uh, those can get sensationalized for a variety of reasons mm -hmm. and publicized. And uh, it's just, it's, that's just life when you have millions of people doing something at once. Mm -hmm. But when they compare that those millions of people to other millions of people that didn't get the vaccine, that's where we can see, okay, is there an increased rate of this? That No, they're not seeing an increased rate of dying or, or that. Uh, the, uh, the, we certainly have heard about people getting uh, side effects from the vaccine because mm -hmm. their body's immune system is responding and reacting which is what we want our Which bodies to do. Tells us that it's working. Okay. Yep. So, you know, you very well might feel achy or at least sore in mm -hmm. your arm or maybe tired or headache, you know, or uh, any of those type of symptoms for a day or two. And, and that's the worst I've heard, heard of it by far. And certainly some people, nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, some people it's after their first shot and not so much their second. Sometimes it's nothing their first shot and then they notice something more the second time because the immune system was responding more mm -hmm. that second time. You know, if we think about how the vaccine works, we're not injecting parts of COVID. We're not injecting you with COVID. It's actually mRNA. It's instructions that your cells can use to build this little protein, the spike protein that the vaccine 
that the virus has. Mm -hmm. And so normally, yeah, sometimes it's a killed virus or parts of a virus. So that way your body starts to build antibodies against those parts of that virus. They were able to make this quicker because it's just the instructions and your body is processing uh, probably thousands or maybe even millions of these instructions a day, these mRNA from your cells, from the nucleus, the middle part where the DNA is. It doesn't go there, but the DNA does send out, the nucleus sends out these mRNA, these instructions for your body to make these proteins, as well as tons of other proteins that your body needs. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it gets this instructions, this mRNA, and it says, oh, well, we'll make that. So it makes this spike protein. And then, then your body says, actually, <laughs> that, that doesn't belong here. That's not human. Uh, that, that spike protein is foreign. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so then it builds the antibodies to attack that spike protein. So that way, when the real virus comes in, it says, oh, I, I recognize this spike protein, the outside of this virus. I'm going to attack that. And that way, then it can't attach and, and can't uh, use your body to replicate a bunch and everything. So uh, it's using your own body's natural immunity to uh, build this antibody to this spike protein. And, uh, and if there's variants that change all different parts about the virus, as long as it still has that spike protein, the vaccine's still going to work. Now, if it changes that spike protein some, that's where it might have to change the vaccine again or something. Okay. Thank you for that explanation. I know <laughs> we all have a lot of questions and it's hard to get our heads around exactly how that works. But um, yeah, thank you for that explanation. Well, we're going to go ahead and take our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605 692 1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We'll be talking about the ear, nose, and throat after our break. So give us a call at 605-692-1430. Our programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697 95 Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were discussing COVID-19, the vaccines, the variants, and all of that. We're going to transition now into the ear, nose, and throat, which is the topic this week for the Prairie Doc programs. Dr. Ellsworth, when I think of the ear, nose, and throat, I feel like they're all very different and have different 
jobs to do, but they are connected. Could you tell us more about that? Right, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm going to maybe start with the ears. Okay. And you think about your ears, and the first you go past that tympanic membrane, the, the eardrum, and there's that middle ear space. And then there's the tube that connects that middle ear space to your nose, the eustachian tube. So if you got a cold or viruses and that eustachian tube gets plugged, now that middle ear cavity isn't connected as well. And if the pressure can't equalize, your ears could ache. Or if it got infected in there, your ears could hurt. Or it could push on that tympanic membrane on that eardrum and it could burst or and then start to drain. Or uh, sometimes that's when they put ear tubes in that eardrum, that for tympanic kids. membrane for kids okay. or sometimes adults oh, too, really? okay. to help create an opening for that to drain naturally not be a space that doesn't get a chance to drain okay now we'll follow that eustachian tube into the nose and in the nose you've got your main nose area and with the turbinates the little bone bony mucusy things sticking in your nose layers of those but you've also got all those sinuses and so we've got two uh, i mean four pairs of sinuses so four uh, eight total spaces boy i have to do some math this <laughs> morning, do some math this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your two frontal sinuses uh, 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 at your forehead at okay. each side all right and your maxillary sinuses uh under the eyes beside the nose on each side and then there's several little ones right behind the nose too the ethmoid sinuses and and such and so anyway the uh, and, and those are all connected with little, little passageways that if those get plugged from a cold or viruses or whatever, then those spaces can get filled up with mucus or get infected and you get a sinus infection. And so that's where decongestants or steroids or steroid nasal sprays like Nasacort or fluticasone or whatever can help to open those up or let those drain out um and then the, and then and then the back of the nose then connects down to the throat and that's why you know sometimes if your nose is running in the back of your throat you can feel it and you gotta swallow you know in the back of your feel throat a little dripping down the, drip, the back of post nasal drip or okay drainage or and then sometimes that keeps going trickling down in and you got that tickle or you got that cough because that drainage is going down down your down uh, you know and starting wanting to get into your lungs and you cough it up and stuff so it's it's all connected so it's all connected yes gotcha so there's pat like you said passageways between all these things and they affect each other if one isn't doing so yep, well if one gets clogged up then then things can't flow as well Gotcha. Right. Now your um, Prairie Doc essay this week talks about the nose and the sinuses and yeah. keeping those clean and working together. Um, the Prairie Doc essay can be found in Monday's Brookings Register or on the Prairie Doc website um, or in many hundred other uh, newspapers throughout the region. So that's great. But tell us a little bit more about what you were teaching us about how to care for those sinuses and to keep that nose flowing the way it's supposed to. Well, you know, if it if you have allergies, if that's mm -hmm. the cause, then you know, an a antihistamine of some kind, an allergy medicine might be helpful, or a steroid nasal spray, 
might be helpful. Um, the the nasal saline rinses can be very helpful. Some studies have shown them to be just as effective as antibiotics. When you're first getting a cold or if you're someone that's prone to sinus infections, if you use the neti pot or some other type, type of nasal saline solution to you know, squirt it up your nose on one side and let it drain out the other and do the other and kind of help keep those sinuses open and draining, sometimes that can help uh, prevent or or help treat a sinus infection to get things draining again, mm-hmm. get things going again, and uh, and so in 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 similar if it, if it's uh, uh, a cold, you know, doing things to help prevent getting a getting a virus or getting a cold, of course, and washing your hands and, <laughs> and masking yes. up and don't touch your mouth and your face and mm-hmm. uh, and such. But uh, uh, once again, then. S- steroids, uh, nasal sprays, or saline rinses, or whatever, those can be helpful too. Sometimes those aren't enough, and some people are just prone to having problems, and and um, sometimes surgery is the solution. You know, other people have found other things and, and, you know, ways to help your immune system and getting good sleep and uh, um, and eating healthy and, and some, some vitamin C and and zinc or whatever else other you know you're part of a good healthy diet is helpful mm-hmm. and uh all those things uh are part of the part of the solution like i said so sometimes surgery where they kind of create a, a, a bigger opening to let it drain more or they take out some stuff to help open things up more okay so all right yeah. and you mentioned uh keeping your hands away from your face so i just have to ask about the eyes how does that work i know that you don't want to touch your eyes because you can get yourself sick that way too right yeah. tell me more about that well it's just any mucous membrane can okay. get infected easier and so the lining of your nose or the lining just around your eyes there okay. are spaces that can get infected all right introduce bacteria and spread that. Yeah. Now, granted, normally we have bacteria all over our body anyway. Okay. Uh, and 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 those are that's a healthy thing. That's a good thing. Uh, but you know, when we disturb that equilibrium with uh, or other bacteria or pathogens take the opportunity uh, to flourish, that then we run into problems. Okay. We have a question here about earwax. Um, if you have a problem with earwax building up, what's the best way to remove that? Uh, we're going to cover that on the show. I specifically sent that question to an ear, nose, and throat doc <laughs> okay. uh, that's that's going to speak for several minutes on this, and I'm looking forward to what they say. Okay. You know, in general, sometimes it's better if you don't do anything. Okay. Your body has natural little hairs there to kind of help sweep it out, and if you stick something in there, maybe you're getting some on the Q-tip, but you're also pushing some in and making it harder. And then now it can't come out and now it'll just keep building it up. Okay. And so sometimes we'll irrigate that out in the, in the, in the clinic. Um, sometimes mineral oil or something can help to soften that up um, and then get irrigated out or whatever. You know, some people have done those, oh, somehow they use a candle and stuff. And yes, you can get some wax out. Although uh-huh. sometimes I've seen that end up cake the whole inside of the ear cavity because mm. it ends up melting and then it ends up hardening. And now now it's caked on the eardrum and all over in there. And 
I will say it's so much better if we just leave it alone and don't stick anything in your ear. Okay. You know, they say, what, nothing bigger than the end of your elbow or whatever. Okay. I don't know how you can get <laughs> your elbow in your ear, right. clean your ear with your elbow. But, right. you know, if, 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 you're, if you just take a cloth or your finger and once in a while wipe a little bit of that wax that gets pushed out, I think that's, uh, that's certainly uh, acceptable and fine. But for the most part, maybe just leave your ears alone or once you get it cleaned out, then leave it alone. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good advice. Well, we'll watch the show tomorrow night on STPV yeah, I mean, I mean, to, see what to they learn say. more about what they, what they recommend. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We do have a few questions that we'll address when we return. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. It's time to get your flu shot. The influenza virus is a seasonal illness that changes every year. That is why the CDC recommends a new flu shot each year for everyone over six months of age. Now is the time to get your 2020 vaccine. It is especially important to receive the vaccine this year while we are in the midst of the COVID pandemic. The flu vaccine, along with good hand washing, mask use, and social distance, will help you from getting and spreading influenza and COVID. Vaccines are available at your provider's office as well as many area pharmacies. Please make it a priority to get your flu shot soon. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here answering our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We had a couple questions come in. The first one says, how do dizzy spells and dizziness fit in with the ear? What can be done to alleviate that? Yes, um, the, the dizziness fits in with the ear because our, the center of our balance, our balance that helps determine our balance and affect our balance and stuff are located in the inner ear. And there's these cochlea um, that are like, conch shells like a shell from the ocean semicircular canals that go round and round and round and smaller and inside of them those are you kind of used to help help with your balance and there's little hairs in there and as you move around and the 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 air moves some that just somehow affects your balance and i'm it's a little beyond me to explain it much beyond that okay but sometimes you know like in vertigo there can be a little flex or something in there that's throwing those off and that's where people feel like the whole room's spinning and they feel so sick and just from turning their head one way or something okay um and sometimes they can do some maneuvers some head movements or some body movements to kind of help open those up again or clean get that sorted out and so uh, but yeah, it's ear, it's be connected to the ear because it's those inner ears that kind of help with your balance. Okay, so and if so this is a common problem, what should someone do if they're feeling that dizziness? What do you recommend? Yeah, you know, get see your doctor, okay. um, and uh, and there might be some movements or therapy that could be helpful for that. We want might want to make sure nothing else is going on sure. wrong in there. Uh, or maybe there's a, sometimes it's been a big chunk of earwax or something too, you okay. know, that, that uh, is part of the problem. But uh, um, 
you know, we want to make sure nothing else is going on with that. And let alone if, or is it more to do with your blood pressure? Is that causing dizzy spells okay. um, or another or low sodium or some other issue? Um, we want to make sure it's not something else too that we can help you out with. Okay. That is amazing how our body works that our balance is determined by something <laughs> in our ears. Isn't that amazing? Uh, we did have another follow-up question about the COVID vaccine. Um, this person says they're allergic to eggs. Um, let's see. And, uh, and they're, they've had some concerns about if they have an egg allergy. Um, can they still get the COVID shot if they have an egg allergy? Yeah, it looks like they, they wrote here about uh, that they can't have the usual flu shot, which okay. is true. And mm -hmm. there is an egg-free flu shot version they can have. Um, and so you just need to tell them when you're getting in it and, uh, and they could still have the COVID shot though. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm 99% certain on that. I, I, I've, I've read, I've read it and I'm pretty sure that's what it said. I'd, I'd have to reread it again. Uh, do it one more time to say hundred percent, so, but, but, uh, uh, I'm, I'm almost positive that that's, uh, the, the case where they can still have the COVID shot, even if they have an egg allergy. Okay. That's good to know. Wonderful. Well, we thank you for your questions today, and we thank you for listening to our Prairie Doc program today. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, February 3rd, the On Call with the Prairie Doc television show will discuss ear, nose, and throat topics with Dr. Jonathan Melema of Avera Medical Group Specialty Care Brookings. Watch the full episode this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Andrew Ellsworth for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.